Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. So the Reds take a strong step forward in this year's title race. No way than to say they absolutely pump Arsenal. 3-1 in Arsenal's first trip to Anfield. The first of, I'm sure, a double just like we did last year. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk On Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined by our boys canvassing the U.S. in our normal fashion working. Brian Painter, tonight calling from his Loveland, Colorado hotel. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's uh, been a long day. A uh, little start at 4 a.m. East Coast time. Jumped on uh, plane, went to Charlotte, went to Atlanta. Now I'm in Denver. Well, uh, Denver and Loveland, Colorado. Um, excited to be on another Talk On podcast. Loving it, man. You, you realize it's legal over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all legal, baby. It's all legal. Yeah, I, I didn't go to the dispensary or anything, but um, Next but time. if I finish out, but if I finish out this bottle of wine, I could be at the dispensary in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and making another appearance on the Talk on podcast, our North Carolina contingent, based here in Newport Beach, right next to the Newport Beach Studios, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Stellings. Woohoo! Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate being back on. I do miss being in the seat right next to you, gazing into your beautiful hazel eyes. Hazel, right? I think so. <laughs> Depends on Way the to pay attention. <laughs> Depends on what context I'm wearing. <laughs> the flow that everyone has come to expect, we kick off with a couple headlines. We'll bring you up to speed on the important news concerning your favorite football club. Then we get into the match chronologically, going through the major moments in the first half and in the second half, and then we'll jump into player analysis as we're doing that. And then we finish off with a preview of Burnley at the weekend, and then we'll be out of here. But first, so getting into the headlines, Liverpool outsells United in the UK by three times, three to one, becomes the most popular shirt, doubling demand from the prior year and that 100th anniversary shirt was something special in and of itself. The rumored shift to Nike as reported by Forbes was but a rumor, but you can't get away from this is the most ideal time to be winning your sixth European trophy. And then a super cup as sort of a snack afterwards, but all of us in a, ideal negotiating position for all of our sponsorships. And we all know Liverpool is trying to move their 45 million pounds a year to somewhere close to United or beyond. So my question, and all of us expected the turnover to rise as you win another European trophy that not really much of England have done except for us. My question to both of you is your if all the money was the same, you know, that top dollar amount we're looking for between all the players, Nike, Adidas, New Balance, who would you pick and why? I'll start with you, Painter. Uh, I grew up an Adidas guy. Um, I love Adidas gear from the, I just, I mean, I just love Adidas gear. That's what I grew up with. Um, I had Adidas, uh, the Copas, you know, as a kid, and I just fell into Adidas gear. Um, so I would, you know, and I love the 08, um, 09 kit. I love the 09, 10 kit. Um, I love seeing Torres run down in with the Carlsberg green on the front of the Jersey. I was a big, big, big fan of Liverpool's gear, uh, when they were sponsored by Adidas. So for me, I would say Adidas now, you know, Adidas hasn't covered themselves in glory with a lot of the, you know, sponsorships they've done for other teams over the last handful of years. But for me, you know, back, harken back to the, to those days where the jerseys, I just loved them. Um, and I was a big fan of them. I thought they were sharp. I thought they were looked good. And, you know, Torres running down the, 
running down the center of the pitch, you know, tucking tucking goals away left and right um, in that green, especially the away jersey with the green lettering uh, from Carlsberg oh, yeah. and the red trim. Yeah, sure. that was dope. Yeah, that was dope. I loved it. And then they had like the – and then that, that 09-10 kit also had the black jersey that had the gold uh, Carlsberg, kind of similar to uh, the, you know, Allison's goalie jersey this year. So, yeah, I was a big fan of the, the Adidas gear. Too easy. Uh, Nick, who are you picking and why? Man, it's a, it's a real close one because growing up, I had a relationship with Adidas and Nike. I mean, I remember those old Adidas equipment, the three stripes and just the baggy 90s Adidas jackets that I would have um, with the 94 denim. Those just dirty, dirty soccer U.S. jerseys um, with the stars that come across it. So <laughs> I always loved those jerseys from the U.S. point of view. Um, but I always wore like Nike Tempo cleats. Um, I have like Janowski shoes. But jersey-wise, I mean, the best kit at this last World Cup was definitely Nigeria, and that was Nike. Um, the U.S. women, their home jersey, the white one, is the number one selling Nike kit ever um, in one season. And then, obviously— Well, that's because me, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helps when you're really good. <laughs> right. And then the, the Brazil Firmino yellow kit, you know, you could just pair it with Nike. So— I mean, there's lots of reasons to like Nike, um, and I mean, fair play fine. because that Brazilian kid in the Copa was um, Copa America was amazing. I loved it. Well, and Jeff, you're obviously a, a New Balance guy. Yeah, I, mean, the, I the, saw the, your shoes <laughs> earlier today. They're, yeah. they're quite crispy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Very crispy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a few Nickisms you'll come to be familiar with, but yeah, it's there's only three players in the game, so I'm the third one. It's got to be New Balance and that kit that is selling outselling United in the UK three to one happens to be a new balance kit and new balance has been on a bit of a run. So yeah, I, if they were able to fork over the money, it's a Boston based company. It works with our model. Let's do it. Uh, But it's tough to turn down the Nike when you've got the Mbappe connection, the ability to pull players in transfers in of note, hashtag Mbappe 2020. So it's a difficult one, regardless which way you go. Well, I think, yeah, Jeff, you bring up a good point because I think with if this Nike deal comes off and it reportedly is going to be, you know, somewhere in the range of a hundred million and bigger, the biggest contract in the world, you got to believe that Nike and, and the rumors are that Nike's going to help with transfers. You, you, you got to believe that somebody big that they sponsor is coming to Liverpool because they're going to want some big player at Liverpool that they sponsor. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe in the, the Mbappe 2020. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip a headline, which is the Keita injury status. I'll tell all of you because it's here. But uh, Keita is still injured. He's not going to make Burnley. And we expect another update Friday in Klopp's pre-match presser for Burnley. So that is the update there, which is unfortunate. Um, The last one is kind of the funny one. Uh, It's keeping up with the reality show that is Daniel Sturridge. So first we had the drama with him losing his dog. Fuck you, L.A. (laughs) <laughs> guy that broke into his house right <laughs> seriously like his dog like come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he appealed to the twitter and he found the dog dog was returned the next day or day after i don't know so that was a thank you la and then the english fa banned him because he leaked some inside info to his brother about him going to sevilla which he's not at sevilla his brother bets on it that's a problem so he's banned for six months then randomly um, has to be connected with agents and dirty business happening between the U.S. and maybe his retaliation for him not picking the U.S. or China or whatever. But Simon Jordan out of nowhere just slates him. Divisive guy in the dressing room. I wouldn't even sign him on a pay-as-you-go contract. <laughs> it's just insane. And the final blow was him. This is Daniel you know, like unforced error, I guess. 
turns down Damian Kamali after like riding him, like just looking as if he was going to go to Fenerbahce. He picks, and I'm going to have a hard time saying this, Trabzonpor from the <laughs> Turkey. Tur- you don't know that squad? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very American of you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to look up the pronunciation. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard one. But <laughs> he's there. How naive. Yeah, he didn't even come to Besiktas with the music. Like, he just went to Trabzonpor. Um, so that's where he'll be. Um, I guess the question is, with Danny, are we saying, like, we're happy for him? Or is this just like, whew, you know, his star, it's like a fitting end to his star-crossed tenure with the Republic. I'm, I'm bummed he didn't come to the MLS. I mean... It would have been fun seeing him out here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that he got to go somewhere and can start playing. I know there's some other dudes in the Turkish League. Um, Adebayor's over there. I think Samuel Eto was. He's, he's probably done playing soccer. But some guys go over there and still have a name for themselves. I'm just glad that um, I didn't get that terrible bad beat with the Sevilla insider information. There you um, go. For enter- entertainment purposes, obviously. Painter, have you uh, have you seen this much drama packed into one summer window by one player? This is all I have to say. <laughs> there you go. I, you know, like I, Jeff. To be honest, I, 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 you know, I wanted him to come to the MLS. I thought he would flourish in, and I said it multiple times. Yep. Uh, on other pods and stuff like that, I thought that. This league it, here in the States is tailor-made for him. You saw David Villa come over and just absolutely you know, run it for a couple years. And he came over about the same age as Daniel did before he was 30. Um, you know, it, I, I think he's making a mistake. But again, I think, I think his injury record didn't help him. I, you know, and, it, and he got a good contract. Um, he's going to start every week provided he's healthy, which has always been his issue. So, um, it, it's sad because I thought, End you know, he could have, yeah, he could, he could have done, he could have done better, but you know, listen, if he's playing every week and he's got a good contract, he still has a chance to, you know, to come to the MLS if he wants to, uh, when he's, you know, in his early thirties, um, but I thought it was an opportunity. Yeah, but I thought it was an opportunity missed, and I, I thought he could have came over, provided he had some good run of health, and not really done, you know, uh, you know, been been a top player in this league, and he would he would have got a max contract. So like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm sad to see it because I thought he was. I loved him when he was at Liverpool. Um, him and Suarez created the best tandem the league has seen. Um, in, in, in some time, uh, you know, they pretty much willed Liverpool to a title challenge in 13, 14. So it's sad to see him go. And that, you know, I thought his last year at Liverpool, um, last season, and I'm glad he got a champions league medal. Um, I thought he was the ultimate professional. So I don't know where, what's his name, Simon, whatever his name is, who, you know, where- owns Crystal Palace, I think he owns, or he was former so, former chairman for Crystal Palace. But it's totally yeah, out of the field. Like, yeah, yeah, like, 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 what, what, why does he even need to chime in? Does he even know Daniel Sturridge that well? Like, I mean, I don't. Know. Like, I thought the whole thing was fucking stupid. But well, like, you've got partial American owners of Crystal Palace, and I'm thinking he turned down the U.S. clubs with such a strong, you know, likelihood of success and best deal. Obviously, great for MLS if you were to come. If he like gave them a head fake and went to Turkey, maybe this is retaliation, just in a creepy, weird way. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm happy for Daniel if he's happy and like whatever. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I, I'm just disappointed he didn't go somewhere where I could support him um, because we're never seeing a trans whatever Trans- transgender <laughs> we might see that but i mean we're definitely not going to see one of their games here in the states so oh that's not on espn I mean, too or whatever yeah. it's on the ocho yeah for, <laughs> it could be for like the colorado rapids and you could be going to the weed store today and then going and seeing daniel sturge play yeah but, there you go 
Okay, let's get into the match. Uh, starting with the setup. So, Painter, I'll go first to you. Arsenal, a bit of a surprise putting Zaka, Zaka, excuse me, into the holding role. <laughs> you know, that just seemed to just make the de- defense even more obvious for us to carve open. Uh, Monreal, Socrates, David Luiz, plenty of opportunities for Mo, for Mane, for Bobby. Any surprises for you? I, you know, <laughs> when they set up and they just let Trent and, uh, and Robertson bomb down the wings and that was cool in their book and they were just going to play a diamond. I understood what they were doing and I understood that, you know, you, I mean, so like in any of these games, you got to kind of pick your poison, right? Like you got to, you got to attack what you feel is your best chance to score. And then you got to defend, you know, the best way you know how against a superior side. So I don't disagree with Arsenal, but I think this also shows you the level and the gulf between the two clubs. I mean, Liverpool absolutely mauled them for most of that first half. I mean, for the whole game, really. But, you know, like the diamond formation, I you want to give two of the best attacking midfield or uh, fullbacks in the in in England, let alone Europe, acres of space. Free, yeah, free reign up and down the wings to to whip balls in. Now you can argue that Socrates and um, David Luiz are better suited to handle you know, flighted balls in that they can go up and, you know, win headers against, uh, you know, Mane, Sala, Firmino, because they can. Um, but nope. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't disagree with Arsenal. I just think what that shows is how far Arsenal are off the pace um, from, you know, Liverpool and, and for that matter, City, right? I mean, I, I just think it's, it's, it's acres of space of difference between, you know, how – how they would go about approaching, you know, one another. I, I also think Emery didn't want to come out, come out of this game and have another five, one hiding or four, nothing hiding. Like he's been, you know, consistently getting or arson and him have been consistently getting. So I don't disagree with him trying to say, let's keep it tight. Let's see if we can hit him on the break, but that's exactly what like, Burnley do that's exactly what like Brighton do like like that just is absolutely shocking how far off the pace when they're sitting there setting up very similar similar to how these fucking bottom half of the table side set up when they come to Liverpool so I you know I don't blame him because he didn't want to get a hiding so he can sit there you know this week and say hey guys listen we've got Spurs at the weekend um, we can get something out of that game. Spurs are obviously shocking. They lost the fucking Newcastle at home. Um, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Steve Bruce. So, yeah. And, and, and to be fair, Arsenal are going for top four. So, you know, the last thing they needed was a complete demoralizing at the hands of Liverpool. And 3-1, he can go in and sell that next week, you know, or this week to his team that, hey, listen – we did better than last year. It, yeah, it wasn't great, but let's go get after Tottenham and, you know, we're, we're getting better. I, so I don't disagree um, with how he set up. I just thought it was a very naive approach to think you were going to come to Anfield and get away with giving all the all that space to Robbo and Trent um, and then not having any possession that mattered. So I, I thought it was a very naive approach, but again, he came out of there with something to sell. Three one isn't four nothing, isn't five one. Um, but again, it's just more of the same. I mean, Arsenal are streets off the pace, and if you looked at their bench, I mean, dear God, like it was there. There was nobody coming on that pitch, and I'm absolutely baffled why they didn't start Lacazette. Like there you go. He, that's, yeah, that's like, what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna add. Where was he injured? And no, no, he's no. just moody. That's all you can ascertain. <laughs> and, no, but I, but I, I don't. Nick, I don't get it. Like, do you? Like, I, 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 I don't understand why Lacazette wasn't starting. You put Pepe on, and you put who's never started a Premier League game. Clearly, the to, most threatening of any oh, player on that yeah. pitch. Yeah, I, I mean they oh, they got rid of Lacazette, who was like 
deadly in their first couple games. Um, they should well, have gone with what had been working and then maybe mix Pepe in a little bit. But like Jeff was about to hit on, I mean, he did look pretty scary sometimes. He he did go past Van Dyke, which was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, but then he that. shit the bet after. Right. Then he shit the bet after Van Dyke caught up to him and said, "Hey, okay, hey, slow down, pal." <laughs> um, you know, I, I but like Lacazette, like if you give Lacazette the chance that Pepe have, I bet you he tucks it away. And then, and then we're talking about a different game. Totally different game. Let's get into that game. Um, I I know uh, you know there are very few surprises with. Liverpool, how they set up. I mean, back four is the back four. Adrian is filling in for Allison until he comes back. And then front three is the front three. And you had your, you know, two most capable midfielders. You've got Fabinho, who's boxed off the holding role, thank God, with Henderson and with Wijnaldum, his, his, <laughs> his, his trusty sidekick. Hey, don't, don't even go there. I'm not, I'm not even going to waste oxygen on that discussion tonight. Um, I mean, we might get into it. Who knows? Such but, a hater. <laughs> getting into the key moments of the first half. I, I mean, Painter, we started off clearly on the front foot, dominating possession, of, you know, 64, 36, whatever. Clean passing, pressing, winning the ball back, all the passion and our movement on the ball, off the ball. And we were unlucky with several chances. I guess my question is, are we finally starting to put two halves of intense club football together after the players recoil from preseason and that intensity. I do think this was a more complete performance. I don't think it was really us at our best to be, to be perfectly honest, but I do think we played much more fluid football. I thought we were right up on it. I thought we definitely, um, I thought we definitely had them, at our will. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was a, a really good performance. Um, but I don't think we're nearly, you know, at the races right now. And I think we can be so much more deadly, uh, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, like the whole setup, I mean, it was, it was a, it was the lineup you would expect. Um, it was the team that, uh, you would expect. And obviously Fabinho played great. Henderson played great. Genie played great. I mean, like the the midfield was light years better than anything Arsenal was putting out. Um, there were so many times when Genie just absolutely <laughs> took over the midfield. I mean, you know, on Gundazi and I mean, what, how did they get two? How did they get two sideshow Bob uh, lookalikes in the same team? I, I'm still con- fucking confused by that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's but a I doozy. Thought, yeah, it's a dude. <laughs> oh, oh, um, but I thought I thought, you know, I thought Liverpool, you know, is starting to hit stride. Um, this is going to give them a lot of confidence going into Burnley. Uh, but I thought they they played really well. Um, they didn't they didn't finish as well as I liked that. That game should have been out of sight. Yeah. I mean, in the first three minutes, you know, Firmino gets on the end of that in the fourth minute. Uh, from Robertson that puts it right across the face of the goal. And he's just a half a step late. Yeah. You know, you could sit there and say like this game, this game's a five, six, nothing, uh, score line again. So, Oh yeah. I mean, it, that's just a function of going through the season, getting into our rhythm, keep working. Cause you know, it, you'll get unlucky, but the more you do it, of course, luck starts to go your way and then you just start to roll over teams in the Premier league. So I have no problems with where we are now. I mean, this is just how the season goes. Um, now, it wasn't all awesome. We had yet another miscue from Adrian when he's still, <laughs> you know, it, obviously Virgil at his size had the ball from Pepe, had the situation closed off and in control. But Adrian jumping off of his line clears it in effect directly to Aubameyang if not for Virgil getting back in his face, I mean, that, that would have been an easy 1-0. So, Nick, this is obviously clearly a function of being, what, three starts in from the free, free agent line? Yeah, I think he's just bored because they were playing Arsenal and he wanted to give them a shot. But, I mean, he really, he really could have kicked the ball anywhere, um, but not right to that particular person at that moment. Um he did well a little bit 
um, was it later or earlier when Pepe juke Robertson almost out of his shoes, but then he kind of shot it too early and Adrian did well on that one. Um, but he's definitely the weakest link of the whole squad. Uh, but, you know, we'll have a replacement for him here shortly. I think the rest of the team performed amazing. I, I kind of looked at it the other side of a painter. I thought they looked scary, and then I thought they got kind of lackadaisical in some of their finishing, um, and they just knew that they were crushing them the whole time. Um, and then at the end, you know, they kind of let off the gas, and their defense got a little complacent, and they allowed that goal, um, and their shape kind of changed a little bit. Um, and they were getting a couple crosses hit at them left and right. But other than those few minutes towards the end, it was total domination. Like the scoreline might say three to one, but it was complete domination. And, you know, walking away from that game, you know, you asked me to be on this podcast and I was like, I don't think we really learned too much that we just already know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a two team title race pretty much. And I don't, I don't think any of these teams, Arsenal, uh, Man U, Chelsea, Tottenham, I don't think they have Burnley. a chance to even compete. Burnley <laughs> <laughs> or Aston Villa. So, <laughs> I mean, let, let's talk about some of that goodness, right? So lots of big chances created in the first half. You had Bobby, you know, threading a ball almost perfectly through to Mo, uh, two yards in front of goal. L- Louise intercepts at the last minute. And then Mane uh, sees Mo making an inside run, like right in the six-yard box, inches close. But <laughs> Gwen Doozy pulls the doozy, gets a foot in at the last minute. Two. <laughs> yeah, this, this one is going to be used all year. I can just tell. Um, <laughs> but my question is, like, do you give any credit to Arsenal for absorbing the pressure? Because I am sure that was the strategy in the first half. Let's see if we can hang on. Let's see if we can plug the leaks. Or is this just us asserting our will, our dominance, Painter? Yeah, I mean, Jeff, I like I like I was saying, and like Nick said, I. I mean, Arsenal came in and set up like a mid-table side or a bottom-of-the-half side. They they soaked up pressure. They thought it would be better for them to not come and play and in, in try and defend, um, put you know nine behind the ball and see if they can spring Pepe on the break or spring Aubameyang uh, on the break. And I, I just I just look at it and I'm like, Liverpool were never really bothered. I mean, I I, I get it that. You know, Pepe had a couple of chances early on, but like, I I think if you would have tucked one of those chances away, it would have been like last year where they scored the first goal, and then Liverpool just got pissed off and absolutely blew them off the pitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, I I totally think that if that would have happened, Liverpool would have just been like fuck you guys and just off off to the races they would have went. But, um, you know, I, I just I just I just think we're, I just think you can see the golf with how good we are. And when you look at it, we were 27 points better than Arsenal last year. And yesterday, uh, or a couple days ago, you could see that we were 27 points and still 27 points better than Arsenal. Um, and unfortunately for Arsenal, I don't think that's going to change this season. Um, and probably next season. Um, I think they have a big rebuild on their hands. And Pepe is a good building block. I think he's going to do well eventually. Um, but, you know, Abiyang is going to be 31, 32. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I just don't think, I, I just don't think they're going to have the same weapons they are, you know, come next year, come the year after. So I just think they have a big rebuild on their hand. And fortunately for them, United suck. Chelsea are in a weird predicament. And, um, Yeah, Spurs just lost to Newcastle at home. So, like, it's a full-on fist fight for the fucking fourth fourth spot and third spot. So, have a a ball. (laughs) We'll be be talking about you guys all season for Champions League spots. But but that's just because everybody else is garbage, too. So, I I don't think Arsenal are anything special. Trent tried to get his usual crosses in because he's become the creative center of our team. And... Had a couple balls, you know, go wide of the goal, but then got a couple perfect. Uh, the first went to Matip's perfect little forehead. 
that we didn't see a header, you know, as you came to the team, I remember spending a lot of time on this podcast, talking to you, Painter, Joey, whatever, like Matip's here. He's tall. He's lean. <laughs> that head is big. It will touch ball and we will actually see a header from a set piece. Skirtle style, right? <laughs> Skirtle but style. it didn't, but it didn't come <laughs> and you know, it became sort of the enigma. We got one last year and then this year so far, we're not even through what four or five games counting the community shield. Yeah. and friendly, but still, I mean, he's got a, got a header in that one scored, scored in that one. And we've got this and don't we have three? One. Dude, what well, about his what about his track down of Aubameyang? That was pretty dirty too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was dope. Like I mean, I, you know, Nick, I don't know what you think. Like Joel Matip has for the last probably I would say probably half a season. So you take like the last third of last season, and now you know, arguably the the first handful of games this season, and. He's been arguably our best defender. I mean, he's been absolutely great. And I never thought I'd say that because he was in and out with injury. He, he you know, he'd have a wreck in him. He'd go a couple games, get injured, get back, and lose his spot. Since, since, since last season, since like, you know, March of last season, he's been absolutely lights out. Yep. Um, and, and fair play to him. You know, like, listen – He's and I think everybody thinks he's older than he is because he kind of looks older than he is and he kind of plays. What is he like? Like twenty eight? No, he's twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, twenty six. Like he came to Liverpool on a free, which is like you 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 equate that to him being old, like like Daniel Sturridge, right? Like twenty nine, something like that. He goes on a free, um, but he came to Liverpool on a free at twenty three. So I think he's 25, 26 to I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but he's young, that's the point. Yeah. He looks yeah. he looks he looks like insanely for, fit right now. Like he looks crazily like after he scored and he was running towards the camera, like he just looks super lean and fit and he fits in perfectly with what we're trying to do with our two outside winger defenders. You know, that position was not a position when I was growing up and playing soccer. You know, your midfielders would come up and cross the ball. But these these two defenders that we have that send these amazing balls in allow you know Maddup and um, Van Dyke allow for them to go up there because those two can handle any pressure that comes back at them. You know, I think he is probably one of the if not the second best defender in the league. So we've got like two of the top defenders in the league, um, and then we've got the two wingers that can just shoot up and cross act- perfectly. Yeah, I actually apologize. He is 28. Ah, he just turned. So Jeff had it right. Ju- look at that. He just look at you. Um, he just <laughs> he just turned 28 August 8th. Um, Jeff's got all their birthdays on his calendar. I know he does, and yeah, I, I really, celebrate it's, it's really, with streamers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's really creepy. <laughs> um, but <laughs> he gets no, a cake but, from Whole Foods with their name in it, and then he eats it all by himself. Yeah, right. He joined he joined Liverpool when he was twenty four. Yep, but still, so seasons ago. Um, and to be fair, he's played thirty two, thirty five, and thirty one matches the last three seasons. Which, again, I'm surprised to see those numbers because I didn't feel like he played that many games. Um, but he has. And I think he now he's coming into a purple patch. And at 27, 28, he is in the prime of a center half's career. And playing next to Virgil van Dyke doesn't suck. Yeah, right. um, and he's kind of, you know, Virgil kind of cleans up the mess and he can go play and, you know, be free in his role. And he's really playing well. And to Nick's point, I mean, the stuff that he had on, um, you know, Aubameyang, that, granted, it would have been called offsides, but he didn't know that at the time, was lights out, was world-class. Well, and, to this point. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah was, was, was fantastic. So the Matipetter was clearly the highlight of the first half. Could have been 2-0, 3-0 up, as we have discussed at length. Let's get into the second half. And yet another masterclass for Klopp setting the team up perfectly. They come out with the energy. It was 25 solid minutes until we subbed in about the 60th, 67th minute. It was just intense. And it was really something to sit back and admire uh, because it reminded me of 
17-18 against City in the Champions League. It reminded me how we looked towards the end of last season, just an intensity that I, you really don't expect in the early part. And for Pep and City watching or anybody else in the Premier League, it, they've got to be scared of how good Liverpool look at this point because we took theoretically a top six side and pummeled them. Like it, it just wasn't even close. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned one a guy named Mohamed Salah. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's good at the he's no. good at the football. He's pretty good. Uh, he had so many plays in the second half. The one where he was shielding one of the defenders, just trapped it, used his body, and then you know volleyed it and and missed by a couple feet. And then um, obviously the penalty, and then the one where he just totally destroyed their defense. Um, you know, he's at half field. I paused it and rewinded it for one of my buddies that happened to be at my house at the time. I was like, dude, just watch this goal real quick. He's at half field. Um, his back's to the defender. He does one juke and goes by him, and he's gone. And he's off to the races. Everyone's coming back. They can't catch him. And then he slots it in the corner. It's just world class. Um, he's unstoppable. And he's, you know, it's so great to watch him and Firmino and, and Mane. Mane had, you know, a pretty good game. And Firmino, his little flick into a half volley was very sexy as well. Um, but Salah's just on another level. It was almost like he got Louise to do a Looney Tunes pirouette. <laughs> like the dude was like doing one of those scenes where 360 gone. And then he's just strolling, floating past Monreal, who apparently after the match is off to Real Sociedad. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, you got housed. Go, go to Real. Off you go. Football. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was football that is going to protect really well through the rest of the season for us. I think it's a strong statement of our intent to win the league. And then come the subs, right? Um, it begins with Chirera coming on for Ceballos that so much talk about Ceballos. He, yes, he is talented on the ball, but oh my God, did he get run over by Henderson when all of them like our midfield crushed him. So is that Cedric Sabalos? <laughs> basically. <laughs> so he's off. Torreira comes on. Well, it, I would have, I would have ran off the pitch after what Bobby did to Sabalos in the, you know, <laughs> when he did the little flick over his head. Oh, yeah, I mean, that course. was just next level shit. Like I would have just walked off the field and said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> this guy's just, this guy's just way better than me right now. Take so, off like, your I'm shoes. Done. Yeah. I'm done playing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but so Ceballos out, Torreira on, and then, you know, Klopp, I think, goes for the safe chance, getting Milner on for Genie, and it finally brings Ox on for Mane, which is basically saying we're done charging forward. And I think this is the only part of the match that you could somewhat question. And you really have to look closely with a microscope. We were lazy. You know, the, it just felt like the intensity was gone and Arsenal nicked the goal Torreira gets the ball, you know, the second ball, and there goes a clean sheet again. And in the 85th minute, Arsenal have somewhat of life, like, hey, we can get a point here or something, which led to a Fabinho yellow card to clean up the mess. This is not a great way to end a match. It reminded you of the Wenger days, the waning days of Wenger, where they would come back in the 90th minute, granted against like Southampton or Bournemouth or something. Why would you give the opponent life? We did the same thing against Southampton. Is this concerning, Painter? It, it is because we haven't kept a clean sheet, and that was kind of our calling card last year, you know. So, but I, you know, you, you've got Allison in goal. They're not passing back to him. I mean, if you look at the, the amount of times um, we passed back to him, I think it was six. Uh, in this past game where up until his Rick against with Danny Ings, um, we had passed it back to him in South, uh, against Southampton 15 times. Wow. So he I did kick the, it right to the other player though. Yeah, no, in fairness. Yeah. So like, I, I think, um, you know, I think, I, I think Virgil and the, and the defense is kind of like, okay, we just don't pass it back to him. Like we're just not going to pass it back to him. Um, unless it's absolutely necessary. This guy is not that, you know, he's not the best keeper in the world. Um, we can't do that, you know, and put him under that type of pressure. Uh, so I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think, you know, being up three, nothing and kind of on cruise control has a little bit to do with it in the 85th minute. 
Um, you know, totally. we, abs- we absolutely blew them off the pitch. I mean, they weren't even at the races for, you know, until they got that goal. Um, and then they kind of, you know, tried to get a little more, a uh, little momentum back. So I, I think it's something to worry about, but I also think that these guys are professionals. And if, when you saw that goal go in that whole defense, and it was not just one person. It was a calamity of oh, sure. people letting off the gas from Trent to Adrian to Ox to Hendo to, you know, Mata, VVD, everybody. I don't think it's something to worry about. But when you saw that goal go in, everybody was absolutely fuming with everyone else. Like they were so pissed off. So. I think it's, uh, you know, again, yeah, but for me, that's a Klopp teaching moment where he can be like, hey, guys, you're not you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah. You know, like go back and fucking get back to work because you gave up another shit goal at the end of a game. Granted, you won. So I think he'll go back and he'll use that as a teaching experience. Liverpool's best defense is when they're attacking like they were the entire game on top of them hammering it down their throat, they can't get the ball. Um, you know, and when you take out Wijnaldum and Mane and Firmino and put in Lalanas and things like that, you know, sometimes sometimes it starts to flow in different directions and crosses come in and the ball gets loose and goals happen. Stuff happens, yeah. Okay, that's enough of the constructive part of the podcast. And let's finish with <laughs> your man of the match. I mean, for me, it's Salah without question. Painter, do you have anything different? It's tough to go against your call, Jeff, because, I mean, his penalty kick, I don't think you can get it much better than that. I mean, it was upper nasty. It was like right in the corner. Yeah, like there, I, I've never seen him take a better penalty kick. And he's, you know, he won Egyptian qualification with a penalty kick in the 94th minute, right? Yep. So, um, but that one was just so perfect. And then... The way he abused David Luiz on the wing. <laughs> and then, I mean, like, I, I just, I mean, I could watch that video a hundred times out of a hundred. Like, it was awesome. Um, but, you know, to, my man of the match, it, it's tough for me to, it, it's tough for me to go against Sala, but I, I kind of really like the way Bobby Firmino, I mean, in those games, when you're doing that much high pressing, Firmino, again just knits it all together for me up front right he he consistently pressures the back line he consistently drops in the midfield and adds another you know midfield presence there um because they had four in the midfield they were playing a diamond uh against our three which they should have had more possession given the fact that they had four people in midfield versus our three but I just think Firmino is just one of those unsung heroes. He really doesn't get on the score sheet. Um, I just, I just, I just don't know what Liverpool would be without Bobby Firmino. So yeah, that is for me, Bobby, well Bobby Firmino. Yeah, Bobby Firmino is my man of the match. Yeah, I mean, both both of those are great. Obviously, um, Salah is amazing, and I think he he would win man of the match a lot of the matches. Um, and Firmino, you know, I mean, he sets up a lot of things with his passing, like the Salah penalty. But just because, you know, it's a different person and they played so hard, I, I think I would go with Matt up, you know, kind of solidifies his spot next to Van Dyke with a game like this. Yep. He, he scored a goal and he prevented a goal. So you're looking at a two-goal difference from one person right there. Um, you know, same with Salah scoring two goals. But still, for me, I feel like he was – all over that back line and closing down the or closing down the the attack and he did really well so I would, I would suggest him. I agree, uh, Nick. Great shout on Matt Tip. Hard to argue that, but I would give an honorable mention to David Luiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Luiz fans are crying in their cereal right now. I mean. That, uh, the, the, the balls of Unai Emery to come out and say that that was a soft pen was like yeah. unbelievable. I don't even know where he gets that. Oh, what what else do you say? He right? could have clear that goal. Yeah, 100% close. Like, you, you grab your guy's jersey. Just go, 
Oh yeah, like oh, I, and he holds what, up his hand, like ooh, that was me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like what me? Who? What? Oh yeah. It's I like soft, when one of the defenders after Salah scored that second goal that I was talking about. Uh, I like when one of the defenders just like threw his hands up in the air, like "What the hell do you want me to do?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just was like pissed, like "Oh my god, what just happened to me?" And then he was like upset that no one helped him, or he's just looking around, like really confused of what happened. David Luiz, though, man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Okay, let's uh, let's finish this up with a preview of. What's to come at the weekend? This is another trip to Turf Moor, which Ugh. is an occasion to take Joe Gomez and wrap him up in bubble wrap. <laughs> right? Um, this, is, yeah. this is where Matip really emerged and, and went on his historic run that netted us a sixth trophy. But here we go with Burnley. I'm, if you were to look at the league... I don't know if there's a more threatening team than City and Burnley right now. Like, if you really think about it, <laughs> Spurs doing what they did at Newcastle last weekend. They come in, you know, our run of form in the last eight is we're, we're six, one, and one. Uh, four, we won four, two last year uh, to start it off. And then it was three, one, two, one. Liverpool's done really well in, in the last couple of years versus Burnley. It's the low block painter. Um, do you expect any difference in their 11 than what you've seen versus Southampton and Arsenal when they lost? No, I, I, I don't. I think that's what Burnley does. I mean, Burnley, that Burnley wrote the book on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's their jam. That's, that's what they do. Yep. Um, and Ashley Barnes um, has been, one of the top strikers, um, if you count last season, uh, the end of last season and the beginning of this season, he's been one of the top strikers in the league. So um, I, I, don't, I don't see Burnley doing anything different. I think they'll set up a low block. I think they'll come out <clears throat> and be physical, um, and they'll do exactly what Burnley does. Yeah, uh, low block. It's just it. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't counter. see it. And, and, and 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 Barnes has been lights out. He got a goal against Wolves at the weekend. My point is, is like they're they're going to come out. It's going to be a tough game. Um, I don't think that uh, Burnley's going to have enough in the tank to hang with us. But at Turf Moor, it's you know it's going to be a fucking hard fought game. It's going to be physical. They're going to get stuck in. We've had a week to prepare for them though. So again, I look at that and say. You know, anytime we get a week to prepare for somebody, I feel pretty confident that Klopp is going to be able to, you know, pull the right levers to, you know, to 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 get it done for us. Um, but you know, my 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 take on it is Liverpool are probably going to win three one. I don't see a clean sheet. I, I don't. I don't. I I just I I want to say I want to say we get one, but like I just don't see one right happening right now. I think there's a, a few ricks in the defense. I think Burnley are effective at going forward. They're going to lump a bunch of balls into the box. They've got you know they've got Wood and Barnes up top. Those are both big strikers um, that are going to get on the end of headers and things of that nature. So um, my my thing is you know be good, get on top early. And then hold on and get out of Burnley and then head into the international break. So 3-1 for me. Uh, but I think we get the job done at Turf Mall. Very nice. Uh, Nick, do you see any difference in how Liverpool set up? Like, would we hazard playing Gomez at right back again? Which yeah, led I to could injury. See, I mean, I could, I could see them trying to make a change. But we, like uh, Painter was saying, we do have a week off to prepare. So... They should be well rested, but, but you know, Genie gets a lot of run out there. I could see him maybe putting another midfielder in, um, or maybe putting Gomez in. Uh, but I don't think they should because I think they should keep playing exactly how they are playing. They're dominating. Um, it is at Burnley, but you know, I've, I've never been scared of a guy named Ashley, so I'm not going to sh- start now. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think I think we'll be so, sorry. So sorry for all our listeners named Ashley, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, but I, I think they should set up exactly how they have been set up. But I could see them taking one autumn out or putting Gomez in. Okay, and a score prediction before we're out here. 
I think it's going to be closer than Painter. I think it's going to be two to one, and we're going to win two to one. Uh, my heart can't take two to one at fucking turf more, dude. Like seriously, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. That, that just can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing pretty well. They're in pretty good form. They're scoring goals. Uh, we're we've got a backup keeper that kicks the ball to the other team. Um, That's you know, a solid shot. He like he does like a good Rick. Yeah, so if he kicks it to someone who's wide open, they've got a pretty good chance. Probably better than Bamiang to put it in. So okay, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pick both of you up. I think we've learned our lesson through three weeks, and this is time to deliver the clean sheet. I think we keep zero, but we can only score two goals. So I'm calling two 0 and I think. Matip plays another role. Um, you, think whether, get, you think he gets another goal? Well, I don't know if he gets the Chrome Dome to put one in, but I think he's involved either All getting right. the second ball over All Bobby. Right. Like I think he plays some role in one of those two goals, whether it's scoring right. or assisting. And I think Mo continues his streak. So I think 2-0 at Turf Moor, we pack all of our people up, make sure Gomez is okay, and leave. And never come back. <laughs> Not for at least another season. <laughs> yep. Gents, I really appreciate you both getting on. I think, as we always do, our listeners around the world, there's more and more of you tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, our contingent from North Carolina, we got one of your boys on this podcast. What do you think about that? And Come on and, come on and raise up. There we take go. Take your shirt off. <laughs> raise, take your shirt off. <laughs> Get all redneck on us, <laughs> Petey Pablo. Hey, what, what, what's the name of the uh, the chicken place that you love? Bojangles. Come Bojangles. on, Bojangles. Mm. Yes. If anyone's listening, send me some Bojangles. I'm in Newport Beach. Fly it out here. <laughs> anyway, keeps, you could you could put that thing on on a boat for a cruise ship for three weeks and still eat it. It'll taste the same. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's pretty much how long it would take to get to the UK or. You know, the <laughs> South Pacific, where some of our listeners are. So, anyway, and until next time, talk on. Talk on, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.